Hi, I'm Lady C. Welcome to another episode of The Critical Thought. Recently, we received an email from one of our viewers, Orlando. And we want to thank you so much, Orlando, for sharing this questions from readers with us. And we thought it was interesting. And I would like to read that question to you right here. It says, one of Jehovah's Witnesses who claims to be of the anointed remnant recently went to the hospital and took a blood transfusion voluntarily. Should she be allowed to partake of the emblems of bread and wine at memorial time? We thought that the society's response to this question was quite interesting because it shed some light on the disfellowshipping process. And that's what we'll be discussing in the upcoming presentation. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, that's a very interesting question from readers. Can a person of the anointed partake of the emblems if they have taken a blood transfusion? This question from readers came from the 1958 August 1st Watchtower. Now, what was interesting was how the society responded. As I was told when I was at Bethel, if you want to know the answer to the question from readers, just read the last paragraph. Well, in the last paragraph, it tells people that no, the person can't be stopped from taking the emblems. If you pass it around the kingdom hall, they can partake it. But it was an interesting statement that they made inside this article. Now, Lady C is going to read some excerpts from that watchtower, which gives a very interesting insight into this process of this fellowshipping. We believe that she did the wrong thing, contrary to the will of God. However, congregations have never been instructed to disfellowship those who voluntarily take blood transfusions or approve them. We let the judgment of such violators of God's law concerning the sacredness of blood remain with Jehovah, the supreme judge. Whether she is unfaithful as to what she professes to be by virtue of taking the emblems of the Lord's evening meal is something for Jehovah God to determine himself. Isn't that interesting? The Watchtower says that this fellowshipping is not something that is supposed to be done. And they even tell us the reason why. Because it is left up to God to make the decision. If you really want to understand the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses, you have to put it on a timeline. The reason why is because when you put the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses on a timeline, you will see the wheels fall off. You basically will actually be able to see how teachings are created, how they're formed, how they take human opinion and they elevate it to divine status. And then whenever they want to, they can ratchet it back down to merely being a human opinion. This issue of this fellowshipping had a very interesting start, and we like to share it with you so that you can see exactly how this fellowshipping got started. So Jehovah's Witnesses back in 1947, all around the world, they took this particular magazine to the homes of people by the millions. This magazine was entitled, Are You Excommunicated? This magazine was targeting the Catholic Church. Imagine you are a Jehovah's Witness. You live in the city of Philadelphia or Boston, or certain parts of New York City. 
we're talking about communities that are filled with people of the Catholic faith. The Jehovah's Witnesses went to people's homes. They conducted Bible studies. And this is the information that they took to people's homes. Are you also excommunicated? The Watchtower gives the history of where disfellowshipping and excommunication comes from. And this is the information that they were spreading. Now, let's examine some of the points that were taken from this particular article. The Watchtower first starts off by letting people who are in the Catholic faith know what excommunication, how it classifies people. And this is what they said. This is from the article, Are You Also Excommunicated? Written by the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, January 8th, 1947. Paragraph 1. This means that you are looked upon with the blackest contempt by the Vatican, being cursed and damned with the devil and his angels. Yes, a person who's disfellowshipped by the Catholic Church and excommunicated, they are held in absolute contempt. Why? Because they're on the side of Satan, the devil. And the Watchtower in this article condemned the Catholic Church for this practice. Can you believe that? They condemned the Catholic Church for disfellowshipping people. They went on to explain why. Note as Lady C continues to share with us information from that article. Going on down to paragraph number four. This is canon law, which the Roman Catholic hierarchy seeks to enforce on the pretext that it is God's law. The authority for excommunication, they claim, is based on the teachings of Christ and the apostles, as found in the following scriptures. And then they reference Matthew, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, 1 Timothy, and Titus. It goes on to say, But the hierarchy's excommunication as a punishment and medicinal remedy finds no support in these scriptures. In fact, it is altogether foreign to Bible teachings. And then they reference Hebrews 10, 26 to 31. The Watchtower says that the Catholic Church was trying to enforce excommunication and disfellowshipping as if it was the teaching or the law of God. The Catholic Church says, well, we have scriptures that we use to support this teaching. The Watchtower, as you can clearly see, says those scriptures do not support the teaching of disfellowshipping or excommunication. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, the Watchtower cited that this is something that is completely foreign to the word of God. Can you believe that? That's exactly what they said. This was the official teaching of Jehovah's Witnesses in 1947. It was unscriptural, had no basis or foundation in the Bible whatsoever. The scriptures that the Catholic Church says, this is what supports it. The Watchtower said it doesn't. And why? Because the Watchtower had been given light from God, new light as it were. They had an understanding that no other religion had, and therefore they were condemning this religion for this practice. Why? Because it was unscriptural. But they didn't stop. They even went so far as to ask a very, very good critical thinking question. 
where did this practice come from? How did this practice get started? This was a good question. And the Watchtower provided all readers around the world exactly where this practice came from. Lady C, can you tell us where did this practice come from? And then as paragraph five goes on to state, where then did this practice originate? The Encyclopedia Britannica says that papal excommunication is not without pagan influence and its variations cannot be adequately explained unless account be taken of several non-Christian analogs of excommunication. And reading further down in that paragraph, it was therefore after Catholicism adopted its pagan practices, A.D. 325, that this new chapter in religious excommunication was written. So this would have been explained to anyone who was on a Bible study, anyone who read this article, that the practice of disfellowshipping or excommunication, it came from the pagans. Think about that. Any person who is watching this video right now, right now, in 1947, you would not have been disfellowshipped because Jehovah's Witnesses did not practice disfellowshipping. And the reason why? Because there was no scriptural basis for it. Because it came from the pagans. And therefore, that is why the Watchtower condemned, yes, condemned the Catholic Church for this practice. As we continue reading, we're going to see exactly the purpose, the purpose of excommunication and disfellowshipping. And then paragraph six continues. Therefore, as the pretensions of the hierarchy increased, the weapon of excommunication became the instrument by which the clergy attained a combination of ecclesiastical power and secular tyranny that finds no parallel in history. So the Watchtower recognizes that excommunication and disfellowshipping is a weapon. And I want you to, I want you seriously to, to just stop and think about this. The Watchtower produced an article where they literally condemn, condemn a religion for teaching false pagan teachings, false pagan practices. And then in just less than about five years, the Watchtower instituted the very practice that they had so condemned just five years before. But they took it to a whole different level. The Watchtower created this fellowshipping program to the point where they had to create an entire manual, an entire manual on how to disfellowship people. If you have not had the opportunity to take a look at this manual, it is known as the Elders Shepherding the Flock book. And not only have they produced one manual, they've made various renditions of the manual. It's just like the laws of the Pharisees. Yet they condemned as a practice of something that was pagan, unscriptural, and never supported by the Bible. In fact, today, not only do they have this fellowship, they have other terms, disassociation, reinstatement. They have literally, just like the Pharisees, created an entire, as they would say, a cottage industry 
on the judicial process, a process that they told people had nothing to do with the Bible. But today it is used as a weapon and there are literally thousands and thousands of people since the early days of the institution of this weapon who have been disfellowshipped who have literally felt the effect of this weapon. And today, we look at how this organization is still using it. One of the questions that my wife and I have often been asked, do you think the Watchtower will ever get rid of this fellowshipping? Absolutely not. It is one of their most important weapons that they have in their arsenal because it is designed to keep people in line. As the Watchtower stated in this particular article that was written about the Catholic Church, it is the perfect tool for controlling people. Yes, we thought it was an interesting question from readers because during that time, a person could not be disfellowship for the taking of blood. We've also done videos to show now what the Watchtower's current position and what their current stand is on it. It went on to become a disfellowshipping offense, in fact. And then, because of legal concerns, it was easily shifted over to what is known as disassociating. And we invite you, if you haven't had the opportunity, to see our videos that cover the issue of blood as well. So now, let's just take a look at this fellowshipping and the timeline. In 1947, the Watchtower condemned the Catholic Church for the practice of excommunication or disfellowshipping. Yet, in 1952 the Watchtower began their own excommunication or disfellowshipping arrangement. But in 1958, we noticed that the Watchtower had not included the taking of blood as a disfellowshipping offense. But by 1961, the Watchtower had incorporated that now the taking of blood would be a disfellowshipping offense. Yet presently today, the Watchtower has revised the status of the taking of blood again. That is, due to legal reasons, it is now considered a matter of disassociation. As we have said many times before, one of the things that kept us in this religion so long is because we never took the time to stop, take a step back, and evaluate what we were being taught. Here's a critical thinking question for today. As Jehovah's Witnesses, we always declare that our publications were spirit directed by God himself. That is the most basic teaching of Jehovah's Witnesses. We have to ask the question, how did the spirit of God direct an article to point out that a practice and a teaching was unscriptural and based on paganism? only to come back and spirit direct again to set up the very program that had just been condemned. How is that possible? We have literally gone from taking a teaching that's unscriptural and from pagans and made it a part of the religion. How is that possible? This has been JT. Thanks for tuning in.